Welcome to another episode of Happy Without Medicine. And yes, it is still me, Dr. Yuande. I have lost my voice. And so even though I'm not able to record a brand new podcast, I decided to bring one back from a few years ago. So never heard on Happy Without Medicine. It actually was featured on the precursor to Happy Without Medicine, a podcast that I used to host for my smaller community, a private community. And so I decided to bring it out to share it with you. And it is the seven money rules that I try to live by. And these rules, even two years later, have stayed mostly the same. The only caveat is since starting my own business, our family structure for our finances has changed. But overall, everything has stayed the same. And so I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who naturally follows rules or are you someone who loves to break them? For me, I like to think I'm somewhere in the middle. So many, 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 many years ago when I was in secondary school, still living in Nigeria, I went to a school that was really known for its academics. However, it was also notorious for admitting hundreds of students into one class. In fact, in my class, there were 101 of us at one point. If you know, you know. (laughs) And being the type of child that sat at the very back of class, so I sat at the back, I sat in the corner right next to a window that had a bunch of broken louvers, which meant that with my smallish frame, I was able to squeeze myself in and out of that window to get out of class. Because honestly, trying to maneuver my way through all the desks and all the books and all the food flasks, and it was just too much work. Maneuver my way all the way to the front of the class to get out the door was too much. So of course, easy way out, squeeze through the window, get out if I need to go to the washroom, if I need to go for assembly, break time, that was the route that I would take. Until one day, (laughs) one day the inevitable happened and one of the teachers caught me, I got punished, right? Because obviously as a lady, you're not supposed to be climbing in and out of windows. And so I definitely got punished for that. But did that stop me? No. (laughs) All it meant was I would look left, look right, look left again to make sure that there were no teachers, no prefects coming, and then, you know, climb out the window really quickly so that it wouldn't look like, I, I didn't look like someone who had just crawled out the window. And I say all that to say that, you know, rules for me have to make sense. You know, within the law and within safety, I will need to understand 
why you are telling me to do what you're telling me to do or not to do what you're telling me not to do. It needs to make sense because then I'm more likely to comply. And I mean, it's the same for our money. When we talk about personal finance, personal finance is personal. We all have a set of ideas, ways of interacting with our money, what works for us, what doesn't work for us, whether it's budgeting, whether it's making purchases, everyone's an individual. And so today, I thought it would be fun to share some of the rules that I live by when it comes to my money, rules that make sense to me. These are not by any means a comprehensive set of rules, but just some of the ones that came up. And of course, I would love to hear some of your rules when it comes to money. What are some of the things that you live by? Okay, so getting into the rules, there are seven of them that I'm sharing today. And rule number one is money will stay in its place of importance after my faith, after my family, after my mental health, and after my peace. Money is one of those things that can easily consume your thoughts and easily consume your your day, your mind, the way you live. And in fact, it's something that I personally have experienced. People talk about greed as one of the seven, seven deadly sins, right? It's there for a reason. But to be honest, you can kind of recognize greed when you see it. I mean, super villains, hello. But for many of us, it's far more subtle than that. Certainly for me, it was. And what what it looked like was neglecting time with my spouse and my kids because I had started this quote-unquote hustle, right? Which it shouldn't be a hustle, but it was a hustle. And it became my new baby, my best friend, my lover, my day companion, my night companion, all the things, right? And so time with my family started to get compromised. It also looked like neglecting my health and the things that made me happy and even my hair, right? One of my wake up calls earlier this year was when I decided to tackle my hair and I realized that everything had broken off. It was literally a physical manifestation of what was going on mentally and emotionally for me. I was overworking, perfectionism, you know, my dedication to excellence when it came to my craft while also juggling being a wife, a mother, and a doctor, and all of those things. And so my health and my happiness actually started to get compromised. And somewhere, somehow, that had gotten lost because money had become more of a priority. I had forgotten that God was my source, the source of everything good in my life, including my money. And that the reason I was able to do the work that I was doing was because he had gotten to gotten me to where I am. And so I had lost that along the way and finally came to my senses, realized that I needed to reprioritize my time with my family, my time with my husband, time for myself, and also remembering that God is the source of everything good in my life. And so if any of this resonates with you and you catch yourself putting money above everything else, it's time to pause. It's time to pump the brakes, take a step back, and really do an honest reevaluation and reprioritization of how you're spending your time and your energy. Okay, rule number two, credit cards will be paid in full every month. This is something that I learned from my wonderful mother from a very young age when we first moved to Canada over 20 years ago. 
before I even started making any money of my own, I would always, I would always hear her say, these credit cards, I will never pay a cent in interest. Even till today, she'll tell you, I have never paid a cent in interest. Um, she would, whenever we would go into furniture stores shopping for the home, she would say, this buy now, pay later, it's such a scam, I'm never doing it. So she really instilled in us the value of really trying to respect credit, paying off our credit card in full, and not overdoing it to avoid interest rates. Rule number three, I will spend according to my values. Now, values-based spending, I believe, is something that is highly underrated. We don't talk about it enough. What it looks like is it's spending on things that are of the utmost importance to you, and it's a big game changer for many of us. When I worked in the emergency department, I remember one night, it was a little bit quiet, and one of the nurses turned to me, sort of youngish nurse, and she turned to me and she said, Dr. A, that's what they called me, Dr. A, what kind of car do you drive? And I was like, oh, I drive a Toyota Corolla Sport 2010, which I still do, by the way. And she gave me this weird look and she said, Dr. A, you're too cute to be driving a Toyota. And I was so confused by that because honestly, cars for me have never been my thing. It's not something that I tend to get excited over. It's not something that I will dish out a bunch of cash to to buy. Although I do appreciate that people love their cars, okay? And you know, if you can't afford it, you do you boo. But for me, Talk to me about a luxury vacation, okay? Talk to me about a nice hotel with good food, with lots of experiences and things that we can do to have a good time and, you know, memories that we can make. And yes, I this is where I'll put my money. Knowing my personal values means that I know what's important to me, what makes me happy. And these are the things that I'll choose to spend my money on. There are things that I'll choose to spend my energy on and things that I'll choose to spend my time on, regardless of what anybody thinks, whether it's society, my colleagues, my neighbors, etc. You know, people always have their opinions of a doctor should wear this or a doctor should drive this or a doctor should live here. Unfortunately, I don't live by that. You know, I know what my values are. Fortunately, I should say. I don't live by that. I know what my values are and I spend accordingly. Rule number four, I will be an example of responsible financial stewardship to my kids regardless of my net worth. So my parents, I I like to talk about them and acknowledge them because they honestly are the most generous people that I have ever encountered. I have three siblings and we never, and actually still don't lack for anything because of their generosity. They funded our education. They sacrificed financially and emotionally so that we could have this amazing head start, all of us, this amazing head start with our lives. And for me, it's actually an obligation to do more for my own kids, right? However, I'm also conscious that they do need to learn values like working, delayed gratification, saving, generosity. And because these are lessons that life can teach you and life lessons can be quite harsh, I'm working towards teaching them these principles myself at home, my husband and I. Rule number five, 
I will buy what I can afford and live well below my means. Now, people here are living well below your their, your means and they're like, life is too short, you know, tomorrow isn't promised. And I completely get that. But by the grace of God, we're going to live long, right? And none of us wants to work forever. Ergo, the fact that you need to think about your future self even today. And what that means is you spend below your, your means so that you can put money aside, invest that money, and then you'll have something to live off of one year, once you're not working anymore. Living below your means is a fundamental financial principle. It's not a mystery. It's just math. This is not about self-deprivation here. Remember, we talked about values. When you know your values, you spend on the things that actually bring you joy and you avoid wasting money on things that aren't important. It means that you're minimizing your, expense, your expenses and also increasing your income. This is something that I'm constantly looking at. How can I increase my income also without, without compromising the principles and the values that I spoke about in rule number one, my faith, my family, my health, etc. Rule number six, your money shall be our money and my money shall be our money. <laughs> when my husband and I first got married, one of the first things we did was we merged our finances. And yes, I know this is not a system that works for everybody. However, it is one that I highly, highly recommend. So what we do is we have one major bank account that receives all our work income. That is sort of the one pot that we have. And then we funnel usually automatically from that pot into other buckets, into other pots, such as our savings, backup, emergency, flex fund, whatever you want to call it, our down payment for a home, our children's education. So that pot, the first pot that catches all our income then funnels into other things, our investments and our various bills. And so we have one pot and everything gets funneled out of there. So financial intimacy is something that I talk about. Yes, in a marriage, there are many different ways to be intimate. And this is one that I think is highly underrated. And finally, rule number seven, I will continue to explore ways to diversify my streams of income. So I can't remember where it was that I heard this quote, but it said one stream of income is one too close to zero. Think on that one a little bit. I was born and bred a professional right? You go to school, you get your education, become a doctor, you get a secure job and you know, that's it, right? Even though my parents, especially my dad is somewhat entrepreneurial for some reason, that was what I guess a lot of us, that's how a lot of us are raised. And so ultimately for me, my goal is to have multiple streams of income. And in fact, what I dream of is to have each stream of income serving a specific purpose. So one stream of income is for our luxury vacations every year. One stream of income is for our bills. And one stream of income is for our charity work, right? Just sort of splitting it up that way. Just sort of how I see things going. 
And so there you have it. Just a few of the rules that I like to stick by when it comes to my money. They're not comprehensive, meaning that there are many more. But again, I'd love to hear from you. What are some of the rules that you live by? Send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at dr.yewande. That's at dr. Y-E-W-A-N-D-E. You can send me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, to your wealth and your well-being. Bye. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yuan Day, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcast because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time.